Hey guys, welcome to Fiction Fixation. Each week we get together and we recap a different book or movie. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. This week we are going to be recapping the movie Vampire Diaries based on the novel by Rochelle Mead. It really makes sense to me that this was a book because it reeks of a movie adaptation that was trying to do the most. And it just... It's not just a book. It's a whole series. And I think there's like six or seven in the series. So is the movie just about the first book or is the movie about... Yeah, the movie okay. is just the first book. But it really... It should have been a TV series because you could just feel there's so much information packed in. They're, they're making it a TV series. They're redoing it. Peacock is. Okay, good. I mean, this, this does need... This needs to be a TV series. So the movie, it just has a lot of info dumping. So we're just going to like kind of break down the world. And listen, I will give you one fair warning. You will tread carefully. Okay. <laughs> You've ruined so many of my favorite things by having an opinion on them. I apologize. Okay. So can we say like we did last time, like we're just going to wrap it up in a warm, fuzzy blanket and then drag it through the rocks? Cold. Yeah, listen, okay, I think any fan of the Vampire Academy books can agree that this movie, just the tone, it was not it. It did not match. It was not... Well, movies have a hard time, you know, when they're adapted from books. It's just hard. It's, it's You can't fit everything into, a, you know, an hour and 45, 44 minutes. Well, yeah, but also the tone of the book was... A lot darker. Okay. Um, not dark, but it was like the tone of the book was a little bit more serious, and the tone of the movie is a lot more lighthearted and teenager-like. So we are in a world of vampires. Yeah, we're in a world of vampires, but there's three main, I guess, like races of people things in this world so you have the maroi who are the stereotypical traditional vampires and then you have the dampiers who are like half the dampiers are half vampire half human mm -hmm. um and they're like the guardians they train to protect the maroi which honestly like why do you why do the vampires with magic who can suck blood need bodyguards i don't get it but i digress yeah because this is the thing like the vampires in this book the moroi they they have magic they have the ability to manipulate mm -hmm. elements but you need bodyguards i don't get it yeah and so they need these half human bodyguards to keep them safe all right but here's the thing too it's like i feel like every iteration of a vampire story lately like the more recent ones like in the past like 15 mm -hmm. years they layer on so much stuff to try to make them different and it just muddles it up because like why do these vampires need magic like why do they have to be wizards that drink blood listen babes vampires are kind of timeless all right like I want the morally gray vampires back who, like, struggle with their bloodlust. Yes. Well, like, keep it simple. Like, listen, I feel like vampires don't need a fresh take. You know what I mean? Like, I think all vampires need to do is suck blood and resist 
you know, their bloodlust, like you said, and then maybe have like yeah. super speed and super strength. Like, am I wrong? Is it too much to ask for me to just want my vampires to be normal vampires? I No, I don't think so. But also in this universe, we have the Strigoi who are either Dampiers or Moroi that turned into a more stereotypical vampire. The Strigoi's are the bad guys. They're basically like the bad vampires. But I would argue mm-hmm. that they are the vampires I want because the Strigoi are yeah. just the stereotypical vampires. Like all they want is to drink blood and kill people. Yeah, like... Why a movie adaptions are like my kryptonite. Yeah. You know, like I listen, I can't explain it. I'm not going to try, but it it is my kryptonite. Like I would eat that shit for breakfast if I could. I love YA stories because I think for you to have a good story, you need a main character who's willing to make stupid decisions but that stupid decisions that make sense in the context of their situation. And there's no better opportunity when you're a teenager. When you're a teenager, you make stupid decisions, but it makes sense because you're a teenager. Yeah. And, you know, in this case, Rose and Lissa are 17. And they were on their way with Lissa's parents and brother somewhere when a drunk driver crossed the center line and just completely obliterated them. Um, Lissa was ejected from the vehicle and she was able to sort of crawl her way over to Rose and bring Rose back from the brink of death because Lissa has magic. Yeah. When Lissa saved Rose, she made this mental connection Mm -hmm. between them. Um, But it's a one-way connection. Rose can see into Lissa's mind. Yeah. She can't really control it or anything. It just kind of happens sporadically, mostly when feelings are strong. Um, But Lissa can't see into Rose's mind. So Lissa is the vampire and Rose is the guardian, basically. But she's more like, she's like the guardian in training because they're both in school. They're both going to this vampire academy to learn about how to be a better version of the thing that they're being. (laughs) And Lissa and Rose actually flee the Academy and go on the run for about a year. Yeah, so that's kind of where the movie starts. The movie starts where Lissa and Rose are on the run, and and it makes you wonder, like, what was happening at this Vampire Academy that was so bad that they have to go out and live, like, in the mortal world? Um... And, you know, it doesn't last. Like, they eventually get, like, recaptured mm-hmm. and dragged back to school. They get recaptured by Dmitry Belkov. Belkov. And he is really considered, like, a god amongst the other guardians. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a badass. Yeah. Um, and even the other guardians are like, oh, yeah, that dude is hardcore. Well, he's also, like, dad energy level snack, you know? Listen, I would eat him like a pudding cup. Okay. <laughs> He's got this. Not even, I don't even need a spoon. I'll just put my tongue right in there. Dimitri, a snack. We already established. Ew, Courtney. <laughs> so gross. Um, he is Russian, right? Which is your type. Which is my husband is Russian. But the thing is that this academy, this vampire academy, is in Russia, mm-hmm. isn't it? 
No, it's in Montana. What the fuck? I thought it was in Russia because it's <laughs> because it's called like it's called Saint. What is it called? Vla- Saint Vladimir's. Can you imagine a freaking vampire academy in goddamn Montana called Saint Vladimir? What the hell? Yeah, it's it's called Saint Vladimir's. Um, it's in Montana, <laughs> and it's full of Russians. Like they're like. Dimitri is Russian. Yeah. There's a bunch of like Russians there. I swore up and down this thing was in Russia. And I was like, this checks out. Like, I thought it checked out that there was a vampire academy in Russia. I was like, facts. You know, I believe it. Nope, it's in Montana. When Dimitri goes in and he um, captures Rose and Lissa, Rose does not go quietly. Um, he ends up having to like knock her out and handcuff her to the inside of the car. This is something that I'm still trying to process in this movie is the fact that Rose and Lissa are both like teenagers, right? And they're going to this vampire Mm -hmm. academy. But it almost seems like Rose being of the guardian line, she's going to school for the sole purpose of learning how to serve the vampires. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. But I also think that it's, you know, their way, it's their way of life. It's what they know. It's what they've been sort of brought up to believe. And Rose even says at one point that they have a saying. Right. The vampires with magic come first. And again, I'm going to go back to I don't understand why vampires that can suck blood and have magical capabilities. I don't understand why they need bodyguards. But again, I digress. They And, and not just that, they need bodyguards that are half human who stand no chance against the bad vampires. Because the bad vampires are like 10 times stronger than everybody else. Rose even says that it takes five of their best, five of the Dampier's best, to take out one of the Strigoi's worst. Right. Like, those aren't good odds, my girl. I don't like it. So I just feel like this whole system needs to be reevaluated. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We'll write a letter. We will write to the governor of the Russian Academy in Montana. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Side note, I like that we have a young, funny, hip girl by the name of Rose. Because last time we had a Rose, she was a 84-year-old, what, like 94-year-old woman? <laughs> so it's nice. Yes. So like Rose said, they get dragged back to the academy and, you know, take it up to the headmistress's office and they're all, you know, super happy to have Lissa back because she is actually vampire royalty. She yeah. is a princess of her family's line. And she's the last one because the rest are dead so. They're dead so. <laughs> well, um, I wanted to give a little side note. And I, I don't know when is a good time to, to kind of sprinkle this in. And I guess I'm just going to do it now right after talking about how her parents are dead so. But there's kind of a little bit of like lesbian vibes between Rose and Lizzo. Lissa, you said Lizzo. <laughs> oh, shit. I am so sorry. Okay, so when they were on the run, Ro- um, Rose let Lissa feed from her because they didn't have, like, they call humans who volunteer to be fed off of feeders. Mm-hmm. They didn't have any, like, volunteer blood um, or an access to any type of blood bank. So Lissa fed off of Rose. Um, and that's considered sort of tacky in this world. Yeah, it's like t- it's taboo. And I wonder if it's considered taboo because it's like 
somehow sexual because when you see Liza feeding on Rose, it doesn't look painful. It looks erotic. Yeah, I think it is because I think it does have a sexual component to it. I I think that's why it is kind of taboo, especially so the headmistress um, kind of explains it a little bit more when Lissa and Rose get back to the school and they're in the headmistress's office. You know, Lissa is welcomed back to the school with open arms. However, Rose, she should have known better. She was a guardian in training. She never should have left school. And the headmistress actually actually suggests that they send Rose off to be a blood whore. Yeah. Um, I was like, hold up. Which is, <laughs> she is 17. That is a child. <laughs> yeah. I guess, you know, they have like communities or like brothels of female blood whores where Maroi men will go and pay money to have sex with and feed off of mm-hmm. um, female dampiers. That is guardian trafficking you know i mean it's i almost said human but i mean it's like human trafficking it's like you're you're sending this girl off to be you know become a Mm -hmm. um a prostitute against her will yeah no that's exactly what it is they were getting ready to send her off you know the headmistress was ready to kick her out of school and then dimitri um snack daddy he steps in and he's like "Mm, actually Lissa and Rose, they have the bond. The bond that he's referring to is how Rose can see into Lissa's mind. That is not normal. That only happens no. when there's a like a very deep connection that's like a blood connection almost. It's very, very rarely happened. I think they only have like one or two other reported cases of it happening. Um, so they know it's possible. So because Rose can see into Lizzo's, I keep wanting to say Lizzo. I just have (laughs) pop star, international pop star Lizzo (laughs) stuck in my head. Um, Because Rose can see into Lizzo's mind, it makes her a better guardian because she's able to like protect her better. Yeah. So they can't get rid of her because they need the protection. Especially for this, you know, royal princess. Um, Also in this meeting is Lizzo's uncle. His name is Victor Dashkov. Right. Again, another Russian. They're all like Russian names, except for Rose. Rose's last name is Hathaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like all these Russians in Montana. Like, okay. Uh, Victor Dashkov comes up and to the headmistress's office, and he vouches for Lissa and Rose. Um, Victor is also very frail and sickly looking. Yeah. He has a disease called Sandusky Syndrome. Okay. Um, and I guess it's something that only affects vampires. Okay. Uh, so he is advocating for Rose and Lizza to stay. And because he's like, listen, there's very few royal lines left. And mine is, is dying because I'm dying. And mm-hmm. Lizza is the last of her line. Like, we have to keep her here. Mm-hmm. Well, and Victor also has a daughter named Natalie. And Natalie just seems to be like... The over-the-enthusiastic little weirdo. Um, she seems kind, but she also is just... She's she's socially awkward. Yeah, I mean, same. <laughs> yeah. Ditto. She's, she's all of us. She's all of us in middle school, except she's in high school. It's like, get it together, Natalie. Get it together. <laughs> yeah. This has gone on too long. 
<laughs> nip it in the bud. Yeah, but Victor, you know, vouches for um, Lissa and Rose to stay in school. And then when it looks like the headmistress is not going to listen, Lissa compels her. When you can mind control people and do magic and have superhuman abilities, like, mm-hmm. why do you need a guardian? I don't get it. I think it's rare that Maroi can control, can compel other Maroi. So I think that's kind of something that's, like, specialized to Lissa or very few. Um, because none of the vampires seem to be worried that the other vampires are controlling them. They don't seem to even... It doesn't cross their mind. Hey, Lissa might be compelling me. Yeah. Anyways, Rose is meeting with Snack Daddy, you know, one-on-one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? What, what do you mean? What we all mean. What do you... What, <laughs> I, <laughs> just to exercise and to get in shape. Duh, Rose. He's giving her private lessons. Yeah. Dimitri and Rose are meeting to kind of get Rose back in shape. And it's obvious almost immediately that Rose is kind of crushing on Dimitri. She's just like, hey, snack daddy, what up? She's crushing on him hard. And there is a significant age difference there. Uh, Yeah, so she's 17, and I want to say he's like 26, 28. Here's the thing. He's not really, like, approving of her advances or, like, her flirting. But he's also not, like... This is inappropriate. You should stop. Yeah. So now that Lissa and Rose are back at the academy and they're back in school, they're, you know, Lissa's yeah. is honing her magic and Rose is honing her fighting skills. We're starting to kind of get some hints as to why they ran away in the first place because there mm-hmm. is someone antagonizing Lissa. Yeah. So they're Lissa and Rose go to church. There is um, a memorial to Lissa's parents and brother that died in the car accident. And somebody in blood wrote over this, leave or die. That's messed up, first of all. It's really disturbing, especially because Lissa was very popular before she left. And now that she's back, Lissa is like the low person on the totem pole. Like, yeah. People are not kind to her. Isn't it funny how anytime we see something in red, we just automatically think it's blood? It could it could be ketchup, it could be hot sauce, it could be paint, it could be rust. If That's I see true. something red on a wall, I immediately it think is blood. It's, it's blood. <laughs> like it is blood. I feel like that's fair. Like we're not the only ones. Everyone's main thought is probably blood. Okay. Blood, blood, blood. Tell me if I'm crazy. I've had so many instances, like so many times I can't even count, where I've been driving down the highway and I saw like what looked like red, like a red stain on the highway. And in my head, I always mm-hmm. thought like this is blood. And then my husband told me, no, it's paint. And I'm like, where on the highway? Like, first of all, there's nothing on the highway that is red for it to have accidentally spilled mm-hmm. while they're working on things. And second of all, I don't see any other colors being dropped. So what is this like? What is this thing with like red paint just randomly falling off of cars or trucks and splattering on the highway? Like, have you seen that? Have you seen like red stains on the highway? I always assume that it's from people blood and that's what i assume too but then my husband brought up like like blood turns really dark and the and the the stains i see on the highway all the time they're like they're obviously paint but i just don't understand what is this 
like how many vehicles have just like red paint that's open and spilling? Yeah, but I'm not crazy, right? You've seen it too. Yeah, no, I've seen it too. But also like, like why is your husband trying to explain this to you? Like he's met you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you think a rational explanation is going to soothe my anxieties? Wrong, sir. Absolutely not. Now I think you are part of the conspiracy. Yeah. Are you? Did you marry me for an alibi? Like, now the trust is gone <laughs> in our marriage. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, so this is a concern because this happens the first time at church, and then it happens again in Lissa's room where somebody... Right. Paints the wall with blood. Right. Um, like paints words on the wall with blood. And then they, like they kill a fox and they just leave it hanging outside Lissa's dorm. Yeah. So, I mean, there is a very aggressive campaign and I don't understand what the end game is. Like it looks like they're just trying to scare Liz, Lizza into leaving again. Uh-huh. Like they want her gone. Yeah, that's what it seems like. It seems like she is not welcomed back by somebody at the school. And it it seems very childish as well, like the threats mm-hmm. on the wall. It's very much giving the vibes of the Chamber of yeah. Secrets has been opened. You know, enemies of the air, beware. <laughs> like, it's those vibes. <laughs> no, it absolutely is. And the prime suspect here is Lissa's ex-boyfriend's new girlfriend. Her name is Mia, and she is fucking crazy. Well, not only that, like, this is a girl with, like, bleach blonde hair and a buzz cut. Like, don't fuck mm-hmm. with her. Any girl that buzzed her hair cut does not give a fuck about the patriarchy or slashing your throat. Like, I'm telling you right now, tread lightly. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. Um, Mia is crazy, and crazy girls are scary. Um, <laughs> anyway, so she is you know, terrifying. And also, Lissa's not getting a whole lot of answers about, like, what's going on. Why is this happening? Well, because the teachers all just seem to say, like, oh, this is just bullying and we don't have time for bullying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Rose and Lissa have taken Natalie into, like, their little friendship circle thing. Again, Natalie is the dorky... She's, like, the dorky girl who is the daughter of the really sickly Victor guy. It's like Lissa's cousin, It's like her cousin, yeah. Everybody has a dorky cousin, and if you don't, you're the dorky cousin. (laughs) I'm the dorky cousin. (laughs) Thanks for that. (laughs) I know. Um, But yeah, so Lissa and Rose take their dorky cousin Natalie under their wing to sort of be part of their friend circle. And Natalie's trying to help them figure out, you know, who is this person that is doing this stuff to Lissa? And Lissa, meanwhile, has sought out an old refuge, which is like the attic of the church. She sought out the old refuge that she had when she was at school for like her quiet, it hurts her quiet place to unwind. Um, but while Lissa's been gone, somebody else has also started to use that area as his, you know, quiet, happy place. And that guy's name is Christian Ozera. He is played by Dominic Sherwood, um, who is also a snack. Moving on. So is Christian the love interest of Lizza? Yes. Okay. So, and he's like, oh my gosh. Okay. So he's like Robert Pattinson vibes, right? 
Oh my God. I didn't even think of that until now. Yes. He's just like kind of broody and dark and like so tortured about being, what is he a vampire mm-hmm. or no? Yeah, he's a Maroi, like Lissa. He's a vampire. Okay. okay. Um, but he his family also has like a dark past because <gasps> Oh yeah. His parents willingly turned into bad vampires. And so he has he's also a royal, but mm-hmm. his family has a very dark past. They're like, we don't talk about the Ozeras. Right. They're like the Brunos. We don't talk about yeah. them. Yeah. But this is interesting because we find out, or I find out halfway through the movie, that there's, like, two ways to become a bad vampire. One is Uh if you get turned by one of them. And the Mm -hmm. second one is by choice. If you kill someone, you turn Mm -hmm. into a bad vampire. Yeah, if you drain someone of their, like, if you shoot someone, that doesn't count. But if you, if a vampire drains another vampire of their blood, like, if... They kill a vampire with their teeth. Okay. Then they turn into a Strigoi. Only a vampire or could it be one of the guardians? I think it's only a vampire. Okay. Well, to me, that just means that there are all these ticking time bombs within mm-hmm. that community. Because, for example, Liza and Rose had this favorite teacher who um, mm-hmm. disappeared when they got back to school. And then later, Rose finds out that this teacher chose to become a bad vampire. And it's it was almost like yeah. it was almost like taking her own life. It was almost like a suicide thing because she was so tormented by her powers. Well, yeah, she, this teacher, Miss Carp, she had the power of spirit as well. Um, and, you know, In this movie, the power of spirit is not really acknowledged or understood. And so a lot of the vampires who end up having the element of spirit, Mm -hmm. there's no help or resources for them. They don't understand it. And it makes them go crazy because I guess if you keep the magic in too long, it sort of goes rancid um, and it makes you crazy. Dude, the actress that plays Miss Carp, her name is Claire Foy. And she plays Mm -hmm. Queen Elizabeth on The Crown. And she is a phenomenal freaking actress. And I I mean, and she gives an amazing performance in this movie. And I feel like someone tricked her ass, like tricked her into being into this, (laughs) into being in this movie. I just I feel like she is so misplaced, like like the level that she is on to be in this movie. It just doesn't. It's so jarring to me to see her in this movie. Oh, for sure. Whoever is trying to bully Lissa just gets, like, increasingly more and more threatening to the point, mm-hmm. and it's obvious the teachers aren't going to do anything about it. And so both Lissa and Rose are assuming that it's this the buzz-cut blonde that's that's behind all of it. And so finally, Lissa decides to stop being useless. Yeah. And she tells Rose, I'm going to use compulsion on everybody except for Buzzcut Blonde. Yeah. Buzzcut Blonde's going to think she's gone fucking crazy. And that's exactly what Lissa does. Dude, that is like, that's like commitment to gaslighting in a lot of work. 
I appreciate it. I respect the hustle. <laughs> it's so vindictive. Because think about this. And she could end the bullying by just compelling one person, which is her bully. But instead, mm-hmm. she's going to compel everyone else to not believe her bully. That is a lot of yeah. work. That's that's some vindictive ass next level shit. It is a lot of work and all of that compelling and magic use, it's taking its toll on Lissa. And by proxy, it's taking its toll on Rose because Lissa and Rose are connected. Yeah. And so Rose is just so fucking exhausted. And Lissa's like, oh my God, like I'm back on top. I'm back to being popular. This is amazing. Rose, you're such a buzzkill. And Rose <laughs> is like so fucking itchy and exhausted and tired. Yeah. Dimitri is continually kicking Rose's ass in training. Well, I think Lissa is back to where she wants to be, which is she's the queen bee again. Everyone likes her again. Mm-hmm. It's like, what a hollow victory, Lizza. You had to compel everyone to like you again because she has no personality. She couldn't just do it with a personality. Lissa tells Rose that Rose is only angry because Lissa's saving the day and Rose is not, you know, mm-hmm. the savior here. And Rose is like, no. That is not it. Like, can you not see what's wrong with this? And Lissa's like, there's nothing wrong with it. You're just salty. Yeah, you know, on my list of people that I don't like, um, Lissa is is like top three up there in this movie. Yeah, no, definitely. Things really start to turn the corner when Rose is like, Lissa, you need to stop. They're actually in the middle of arguing and Lissa's storming back to her room. Rose is following her, begging her to quit with all the magic use. And they find Oscar, who is Lissa's cat, murdered mm-hmm. in a backpack hanging on a statue. Why'd you have to bring the cat into it? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, the cat didn't do anything. The cat didn't do shit, man. Leave the cat alone. Lissa tries to use her magic to bring it back to life. Right. Just like she did with... Rose after the accident. But it's too late because the cat is dead dead. Yeah. The cat is dead dead. You can't fix dead dead. You can fix like kind of dead. You can bring it back. Mm -hmm. But dead dead is like too dead. Yeah. Dead dead is too dead. And um, (laughs) it's like there's Lissa even explains it. You know, she says the brink of death is different than dead. You know, right. yeah. And at this point, um, Rose has a memory of their favorite teacher, Miss Carp. Mm-hmm. It's like a repressed memory that Miss Carp actually compelled away mm-hmm. from Rose until it was time. She has this memory, and it's Miss Carp telling Rose, "Listen, you need to get Lissa far away from this academy. Yeah. She has the power of spirit. You need to get her away from here. It's gonna drive her crazy." You know, this is not healthy. This is not good. And she even tells her, you are going to forget until it's time to remember. And this incident, because Rose, I mean, Lissa starts bleeding from the arms. Like, all these cuts open up on her arms when she tries to save the cat. Yeah, so it's kind of showing us that Lissa's powers take, like, an extreme toll on her, which is what the teacher was Mm -hmm. warning Rose about. But it's, like, it's very serious. It's, like, this could kill 
Lizza, like these powers, but not mm-hmm. just like that. I guess that's worst case scenario is that it could kill her. But the semi worst case scenario is the fact that these mm-hmm. powers are going to drive Lizza crazy. Yeah. Um, and that's actually what happened to Miss Carp. The powers were driving her crazy. And that's why she became a bad vampire. Yeah. She chose to become a bad vampire. She chose to. <gasps> Can you imagine if this was like the time periods line up? between this movie and The Crown, and it's like Mrs. Carp chose to become a bad vampire, and then she went on to be Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Is the queen a vampire? I've never seen the queen and a vampire in the same room, so you can't tell me that she's not. Right. We're not sure. I've, Yeah, I don't know. Um, she's never denied it. She's never come out and said that she was not a vampire. So it's kind of on the table. And also she could have a daylight ring like the vampires in Vampire Diary. You know what? It's all possible. Do you know what's do you know what's annoying about these vampires in this book? Is that uh-huh. they can be out in the sun and it's like the sun doesn't kill them, it just annoys them. I'm like, uh-uh. No, I don't like that. I don't like the sun not killing vampires. I need that to be a thing. Well, the sun kills the bad vampires, the Strigoi. I know. The sun kills them, but not the good vampires. The good vampires, it's like I just don't like how they're getting. It just, listen, I'm very resentful of the fact that they have magical powers and they have human volunteers that give them blood and then they have guardians. Like they are just entitled, spoiled pieces of shit. Like I don't like the vampires in this book. That's fair. Hate them. Hate him. <laughs> um, you know, there's one vampire that you really would like. You meet him later, and his name is Adrian, ah. and he's everything. He's everything to you. <laughs> I will throw hands for Adrian. <laughs> um. Anyways, Rose does the responsible thing, which is really weird for Rose. Mm-hmm. She does the responsible thing by going to the teachers and administration and head guardians, and she explains everything. She's she explains the memory she had. She explains why they left the school. Yeah. She explains what Liz has been doing, you know, what's going on. Um, and because they don't know. Yeah, they don't know any of this. Because the the administrators of the school had no idea that Liza had these powers, you know, these spirit mm-hmm. powers to bring people back to life. They didn't know that was a thing. Yeah, they didn't know that. Um, and, you know, like we said before, there's not really... The power of spirit was not really understood or recognized, so there was zero resources. Mm-hmm. And Rose goes and tells administration, and she also tells them, Lissa's been compelling you. She kind of snitches. Like, Rose kind of snitches on her friend and tells the, like, headmistress, like, she is mind-controlling you. That's a snitch, dude. That's a snitch, but it was for a good cause. Okay. So can we really be mad? Listen... I don't like snitches. <laughs> After, you know, Rose goes and basically confesses everything to teachers uh, trying to get help. First mistake. First mistake. You're in a vampire world and you think going to the people of authority is going to solve your problems? Nah, girl. <laughs> um, and then they bring L- Lissa in to talk to her about it. And Aly- Lissa, of course, denies everything. And then compels the teachers to believe her. Yeah, dude. What would you do with that power of com- of compelling people? Exactly what she's doing, but it doesn't mean that it's okay. Yeah, but it's <laughs> like you can't not use it, you know? Yeah. 
Rose sees this through the bond and she's like, God damn it, I just told you about the compulsion and you let her do it again. You guys are fucking dumb. <laughs> and, you know, the next day or so, Lissa and Rose are arguing. Lissa's yelling at Rose and Rose is like, Lissa, do you hear yourself? And then you see a piece of the concrete sort of like magically dissolve away. Yeah. Rose's foot goes right in it. And then her ankle just snaps. Dude, that crack was so loud. It gave me chills. I hate the sound. Not that I've... I was about to say, I hate the sound of bones breaking. Like it's something I hear all the time. Like in my profession. (laughs) Well, you see it. You see the... You see her leg go at the bad angle. It It, is so gross. It turns into a parallelogram. (laughs) Parallelogram. Yeah, it does. Um, It's supposed to go this way. It's going this way. It's going the other way. And yeah, and Rose just screams and then it goes dark and she wakes up in the infirmary. Right. And Dimitri's, you know, walks in immediately and it's like, how are you feeling? And Rose is afraid. She's like, I I don't know what to do. Like, how bad is it? I'm afraid to look. And he's like, Rose, you're not injured. (laughs) She looks at her foot and her foot's completely fine. And so it's obvious that they carried her there because she was unconscious. But what actually happened Mm -hmm. is that Lizzo healed her. And so now she has to go look for Lizzo because... Lizzo. Oh, Jesus Christ. You keep saying Lizzo. I know, I keep saying Lizzo. Um, But yeah, so it's obvious that Lizzo... (laughs) Mm-hmm. healed her yeah um she healed her and lissa's been going through like blood and feeders like crazy because she's trying to get her energy back after mm-hmm. she healed lissa i mean mm-hmm. after lissa healed rose and this was also kind of a turning point for lissa because rose got hurt and lissa flipped her shit to like save her um and then she sort of starts to think Maybe Rose was right. Maybe I've been acting a tad bit unreasonable lately. A little bit. And then the headmistress comes in to tell them that until they figure out what's going on, they are going to um, keep Lissa and Rose in a bunker and they're not going to be allowed to go to class or anything for their own safety. But Lissa's uncle, Victor, he comes in and he's just like, hey, no, I actually organized a trip to the mall. Yeah, so, you know, Lizza doesn't have any family. And so this uncle, this Victor guy, you know, as frail as he is, he's the only thing that she has that's like resembling a family. And he keeps stepping in and kind of looking out for her. And of course, because this is a high school story, we need a high school dance. And so he tells the headmistress like no i'm sorry uh i know you think that you need to put them in a bunker to protect them but what they actually need is some retail therapy they need to go look for dresses <laughs> i mean shopping's never made me in a worse mood you know right it's like the- you know what? That is the true healing. The true healing is in shopping. Yes. We have a dance, okay? We can't have a high school story without a high school dance. And even though these are vampires, they still need to twerk yeah. that ass. You know what I'm saying? They still need to shake that booty. And you know what? Every 17-year-old girl gets super excited to go shake that ass. All right? Yeah, that's right. So, Lissa, Rose, Natalie. Dorky cousin. Dorky cousin and Victor, um, uncle, they all go to the mall to go find dresses and stuff. And Lissa, at first Rose is like, oh, no, like, I'm 
poor. My mom doesn't send me money. And Lissa's like, um, I have a trust fund and I'm going to buy you a dress. That was really nice. It was. And she does buy Rose um, a really nice black dress. It's amazing. Rose is eyeing this necklace, but it's extremely expensive. And, you know, like, that's it. it it's it's like $1,200. They end up not getting it. But then when they're back, mm-hmm. you know, in their rooms and they're getting ready for the dance, dorky cousin Natalie gives um, Rose a little package. And when she opens it, it's the necklace because yeah, un- Uncle Victor, even though Victor is not her uncle, but he got her the necklace. That's so sweet. Yeah. And Natalie's like, you know, my dad saw you looking at it and, you know, he wanted to, like, thank you for essentially being part of the family, you know, and protecting Lissa. It's sweet, but it's also like, I don't know if anybody else's uncle should be buying you an expensive necklace because it just, you know, especially when you're a young girl, like it feels like he could leverage that to try to get something back. I can completely see that, but also I think in this world, the way it sort of works is that the vampire, the guardian protects, that guardian is sort of like indoctrinated into that vampire's family um, because vampires don't really have their own families. They don't normally marry. They, you know, and so she's not technically part of the family, but she's part of the family. Okay. All right. Well, we'll let it we'll let it slide this time. So, this, yeah, they go to the dance. So Liz, God damn it. I keep wanting to say Lizzo. So Lizza, Rose and dorky cousin Natalie go to the dance. And Courtney, I wanted to strangle the cinematographer of this movie because they robbed us from the dress shot. Yes. Because when they walk in, it, they don't show the whole dress. They just show them from like the shoulder no. up. I know. I was so mad. I'm like, I want to see the goddamn dress. Yeah. And, you know, during the dance, Alyssa goes and she's dancing with Christian. Rose gets in an argument with Buzz Cut Blonde and just punches her right in the fucking face. Dude, that was, she did not give her a chance. I felt like Buzz Cut Blonde could have been hiding like a dagger in her leg. Like she gives me those vibes, you know, like she was about to pull Mm -hmm. up her dress and she was going to have a dagger. She's wearing brass knuckles as rings. (laughs) Yes. But um, Rose doesn't give her a chance. She just knocks her straight out. But Rose confronts the buzz cut blonde and she's like, yeah, how could you do that to the cat? Like, how could you kill Lizzo's cat? Yeah. She's like, how could you kill the cat? And she's like, Oscar, I could never kill a kitty. I gave him treats like Accuse me of a lot of things. Yeah. Killing a cat is not one of them. She said, girl, I am I am as shady as they come, but I would not kill a cat. And that's when Rose realizes that it hasn't been buzz cut blonde behind all the threats. But then she punches her yeah. anyway, knocks her out anyway. <laughs> well, buzz cut blonde keeps running her mouth. Okay. And then Rose just kind of has enough and punches her. Um, then the headmistress sort of escorts Rose to an office and is like, nah, bitch, you ain't leaving. Um, the headmistress kind of reveals herself to be a villain because she tries to inject Rose with with like a tranquilizer or something to take her out. But Rose is not having it. She ends up um, grabbing the sedative from the principal 
or the headmistress and shoving it in her like in her butt cheek and like injecting her with the sedative, knocking her out. You can kind of tell that the headmistress was just a pawn in someone else's game. Like she was yes. obviously under some sort of compulsion to take Rose mm-hmm. out, and Rose is out there trying to find where Lizzo is to save her. Lissa. Girl, if I say Lizzo during this episode, y'all just going to have to go with me on this because I don't That's fair. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, Ro- Rose leaves to go find Dimitri because she needs she needs Snack Daddy to help her find Lissa. Right. And the minute, the minute Rose sees Snack Daddy, mm-hmm. she's just like, take me. Dude, I was so confused. My body is yours. I was so confused because Rose is like, "Oh my gosh, my 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 freaking soulmate is in danger. I I need help. I'm gonna go to the you know head guardian." And she goes in his room, and as soon as she walks in, he's like, "What do you want?" She's like, mm, "I want you, Snack Daddy." And I was like, "Whoa, whoa, 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 uh huh, whoa, whoa, whoa." Well, and then Snack Daddy is just like. Okay. Fuck yeah, you do. Come here, jailbait. <laughs> he is so, he's so, like, surprised. And she starts making out with him and, like, getting naked. And he's just like, what is happening? He literally says, what is happening? But he just goes yeah. with it. He just goes with he it. He rips her dress off and throws it in the fire. I mean, sir, that's a bit aggressive, okay? Yeah, and they're, like, making out. And he tosses her. He, like, picks her up because he's huge and buff and... She's a tiny girl. He picks her up and just like tosses her on the bed. And then he looks at the necklace. And I think that like he's older and has more experience in like this world. And I think he's like, oh, fuck. And then he rips the necklace off and throws it. And the compulsion is broken. You know, like whatever was compelling them together is broken. Right. There was something in the necklace that turned... Um, rose into a horn dog. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was the necklace, though. Well, put a pin in that because we're going to circle back to it later because okay. the culprit explains it. Okay. So, you know, she's like, oh, shit. This is in trouble, Dimitri. We got to go. And so they they get another guardian to help them. Well, for, whoa, 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 whoa. Slow down, Courtney. Because Rose is currently in her fucking bra and panties because he, because Dimitri threw her goddamn dress in the fire. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, shit, I forgot my soulmate is in danger. I need to go help her. Like, how? You're going to run out there naked? So when, she, when we see her again, she's wearing a full outfit. So she took the time to go yeah. to her room and get dressed. She's got jeans and a shirt and a leather jacket and shoes. Mm-hmm. I mean... Anyway, she looks like a bad bitch. She looks like a bad bitch. Yeah. And so like she's using the bond with Lissa to sort of determine, you know, where they are. And in the vision, she sees that Victor's the one who kidnapped Lissa. Yeah. Victor, the uncle, the the frail uncle, the only family that Lissa had um, is behind mm-hmm. everything. And I have mm-hmm. a few questions because, okay, he explains in his villain monologue, because we have to get a villain monologue, he explains why, of course, why he needs her. He explains that, um, you know, he is sick. Like we said in the very beginning, Victor is sick. He has this rare disease um, and he needs Lissa to heal him. 
And she's like, why didn't you just ask me? Right. Like, I would If you just asked, I would have healed you. And he's like, oh, that's where this, you know, sort of gets sticky because I am I have a progressive disease that is going to keep progressing. So I need continual healing that will eventually kill you. Yeah. My bad. I don't want just a little bit. I want a lot. I want all, actually. Mm-hmm. I want your entire life. Yeah. So I get that, right? Like that as a as a motivation for a villain checks out. Mm-hmm. What doesn't check out is the purpose of the messages written in blood. What was the point of him tormenting her with all these events? No, that wasn't him. That was Mia. Okay, that was Buzzcut Blonde. Yeah, the messages in blood was Buzzcut Blonde just to fuck with Lissa. The dead animals were not Buzzcut Blonde. Okay, so there was two people tormenting her simultaneously. But what was the what was the purpose of the dead animals? The dead animals were actually to see how far Lissa's powers could stretch. Okay, that makes sense to me. So the the sick uncle was putting these dead animals not to scare Lissa, but to g- try to get her to heal them so he could observe mm-hmm. how good she was. Okay, that makes sense. Yes. Uncle Victor has Lissa, and he's explaining his whole monologue of why he needs her. He's also, uh-huh. he's like having her tortured uh-huh. to get her to agree to heal him. And I'm like, my bro, doesn't she need energy to heal you? I feel like torture is a bit exhausting. You know, do villains ever really think their plans all the way through? I think the answer is no. <laughs> probably not. Like, I can't say for sure. Yeah. But I'm pretty confident in I saying think, probably not. Yeah, probably not. Lissa heals him, and then Victor looks great. He's doing great. Right. Um, he takes her, he has a guardian take her to a room, and then she compels the guardian to jump out the window and kill himself. And then she shimmies out a pipe. Okay, she shimmies out a pipe. Um, and so Lizza is kind of coordinating her own getaway. But then her boyfriend, yeah. Christian, is there also. Yeah, and then Rose is there. And there's a helicopter that I guess is Victor's great escape. There's a helicopter. <laughs> like how you Yeah, there's a helicopter. Um, and I guess that's the way Victor plans on escaping is via the helicopter. Yeah. But... When Victor comes out, you know, to go to the helicopter, Lissa, Rose, and Christian are all there. Dimitri and another guardian um, tackle Victor and kind of start to cuff him. And then Victor calls these things called Psyhounds that are like evil, weird wolf dogs. Oh, yeah. He he calls the wolves on Rose and Lizza to kind of get to, like, herd them back to where he wants. Well, and then he tries to get the dogs to attack Rose because Rose is the problem here. If he could break the connection with Rose and Lissa, he could get Lissa away from them, mm-hmm. you know, and nobody would ever find her. And so... You know, he calls the dogs, and Christian just sets these mutts on fire. Just So Christian is um, Lissa's boyfriend, and he is also a vampire with magic. He's a wizard that drinks blood, basically. Can we just call them wizards that drink blood? Isn't that simpler? Blood wizards. (laughs) Than, like, vampires that have powers. But anyway, yeah, he sets the, the wolves on fire, 
And that was kind of the only like practical use of the vampire magic that I saw in the whole movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. That that's fair. Um <laughs> he sets the dogs on fire, they arrest Victor, and they go back to the school, you know? Victor's in custody. Rose, Christian, and Lissa are all fine. Rose has a hurt hand or arm or something, but other than that, everybody's fine. Um and the headmistress tells Rose, by the way, Victor would like a moment of your time. He said he can tell you about Shadow Kissed Anna, which is like a legend about spirits that they've heard. Anyway, she's like, Victor has info for you. He wants a moment of your time. I'd be like, listen, uh, uh, headmistress, um, respectfully, you need to get your shit together because you are being mind controlled by students and villains alike. And you need to. Yes. I mean, she just needs to resign at this point because she's not doing her job. Uh Uh-huh. Well, immediately, Snack Daddy goes, no. Snack Daddy's like, immediately, no. And Rose is like, first of all, you don't tell me what to do. Uh, So she goes anyways. She goes and, you know, Victor's giving the second half of his villain monologue that got interrupted previously. He says some ominous shit. Like, he says that the reason Rose has these visions where she can see Lizza is because she was brought back from the dead. And he's like, that's not mm-hmm. normal, boo-boo. Even in this magical world with vampires, that's not normal. Yes. In the background, you can see the guardians, like the guards of the jail, just being like picked off one by one. Right. And then you see the guardian right behind Rose just drop dead. Mm-hmm. And there's Natalie. Dorky cousin. Yeah. Dorky, with red eyes. Dorky cousin has turned herself into a bad vampire because she'll do anything mm-hmm. for her daddy. She'll do anything. That's what she says. She'll do anything for her dad. Like, can't relate. <laughs> I would do a lot for my dad, but like murdering a ton of people is probably not one of them. That's probably just over where the line is, you know? But anyway. Rose is no match to... You know, dorky Natalie, because dorky Natalie is now the bad vampire bitch. Like, she is so strong. Like, there is no knocking her out. Yeah, and Rose is sitting there just, like, punching her in the stomach and the chest. And Natalie's like, oh, no, don't (laughs) stop. (laughs) That tickles. Yeah, and Victor gets up to the elevator. And then Dimitri's there. Victor, you know, like, drops a rock from the ceiling because he does earth magic. He drops a rock from the ceiling and Dimitri just punches it right into Victor's face. Oh, my God. Victor down. Yeah, Victor is down. And then he goes downstairs because he sees Rose in trouble. And, you know, Rose had the opportunity to stake Natalie and Rose choked. Yeah, she did choke because it's, it's, it's her friend. Like, she can't get over it. Um, Rose ends up using like a belt or something to choke Natalie against the bars and then Dimitri stakes her. Because the only way to kill that uh, bad vampire is with a metal stake through the heart. So now Natalie is gone. Natalie is gone and then Rose passes out. Yeah. And listen, uh, they did it. They they got the bad guys out. At the end of the movie, the bad guys here are gone and... Rose and Lissa are starting to get some, you know, resources and closure on their situation of being, you know, bonded and the situation of 
Lissa's um, spirit magic? I feel like you know, in these worlds with like vampires and magical creatures, they should really invest mm. in a Google, you know, they should put some a little bit of their magic toward investing on a search engine because they would save them so much time to be mm. able to be like, why can my best friend see my thoughts? Like what's happening there? You know, it would just save a lot of time. And you know what? I feel like that is a really good idea that a magical world really does need to invest in. In a Google instead of a giant library like in Harry Potter. It's just a suggestion. Mm-hmm. We'll just put it right in the suggestion box. You don't have to take it. <laughs> but that is where our movie leaves us. Um, this is just, this movie was um, the adaptation of just the first book. Um, there's like six or seven in the series. Yeah. Um, and so the world does continue on and it does get to be a much more wild ride. Can I say real quick that at the end, right at the end, Rose and Dimitri, Snack Daddy, have a conversation, Ooh. and she kind of basically tries – Rose shoots her shot, okay? And she basically says, hey, baby, what about you and me? And he's just like, you're a child. Get away from me. Oh, he does – I mean, he, he does say that kind of. She's like, you know, you lied about your feelings for me because he told her that – you know, he didn't have any feelings and that it was a mistake and it was awful and he can't believe he did it. Um, when they made out because she was... When they, they made under, out. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, hey, you lied about your feelings. And he's like, yeah, I did. I did that. And <laughs> I did she's that. like, what? I did do that. And she's like, why? And he's like, Rose, it's not like, you know, I'm 28 and you were, you were 26. You know, it's not like, you know... I'm 18 and you're 19, you know, there's a significant age gap here, you know, not to mention my position as an instructor and guardian here. You know what? Kudos to him, like for drawing that boundary because it is inappropriate and kudos to him for standing Mm up. Yeah. And he's like, Rose, this is just, it cannot happen. Like, regardless of my feelings towards you, like it is inappropriate. And... She says, I want you to kiss me just once without the compulsion, compulsion making you do it. Yeah. Um, and he actually, he goes to do it. He leans in to kiss her. Mm-hmm. And she just completely ninja flips him over. Because right. she's been trying to do it the whole movie. And he always gets the better of her in training. And yeah. so she tricked him with this kiss and just flips him over. Yeah, she seduced um, him. Um, yeah. Good for you, Rose. You know what? We like it. We like it. Um, this is where our movie leaves us, you know, kind of Mm -hmm. thirsting after Snack Daddy Dimitri, who, God, boundaries are so sexy. (laughs) Boundaries are so sexy, but listen, I need to tell you, Rose lines his boundaries with dynamite and blows those bitches sky high in the next books. But also Dimini, Dimitri is like, it's raining freedom. Hallelujah. <laughs> like okay. Dimi- after she turns 18, yeah. um, he's kind of like, all bets are off. All bets are off because. um, That's awesome. I'm about to tap that. Tap that like a maple tree. Okay. So. Yeah. That is, um, that's a little sneak peek, a little insight that you have into future books. I feel like my journey with the story ends here. Like, I'm good. 
Oh, that's fine. If you ever want to know kind of what happens, just let me know. And yeah. I will send you 122 Facebook messages. Okay. Um, like Facebook voice memos. Yeah. To explain it to you. So it'll be fine. Anyway. All right, guys. Uh, that's that's where we're going to leave you today. The teapot is empty for today. Don't worry. More is brewing it on the way. We'll be back next week with a new episode. We'll see you next time. Bye.